Welcome back, operators and owners. Dr. Eric Rooker here again, bringing you another episode of our professional development series. Today, we're going to define what professional development means. We're going to talk about the, the traditional methods of professional development in veterinary medicine and how they fall short in today's society. Then, we're going to talk about some other modes of professional development, and I'll wrap up with giving you my strategy for professional development. We have an exciting episode for you today, so stay tuned for after the intro. So the real challenge is, how do veterinarians like us, who don't have the time, resources, or financial backing of a multi-million dollar company, who are faced with irregular work schedules, on-calls, and emergencies, how can we facilitate our own personal and professional growth so we can continue to offer superior service to our clients while still remaining competitive in today's market. That is the challenge, and this podcast will provide you the roadmap to its solution. I'm your host, Dr. Eric, and welcome to Operators to Owners. Welcome back, Operators to Owners. I'm very excited to bring you today's episode on what exactly professional development is. This is the core of the operators to owners philosophy, and I've been waiting a long time to present this to the veterinary community. So let's start off with what exactly is professional development? And professional development can be broadly defined as specialized training, formal education, or advanced learning intended to increase your knowledge, competence, skill, and effectiveness at your job choice. To me personally, It's the intentional mission to grow and become better in every way, every day. There's a great Peter Stenge quote that summarizes this mission very well and why mission is important. So mission instills passion and patience for the long journey. And professional development is a very long journey. But professional development can also provide you fuel for a long career. We'll talk a little bit about that more in our next professional development episode. But the long and the short of it is, is continuous professional development prevents burnout, creates novelty within your job, and keeps you up to date on the newest advances in in your career. So a little bit of history about traditional modeling in veterinary medicine for professional development. So most professional development, when we're taught in vet school, is great for mass learning, memorization, and other group learning activities. But what it doesn't teach you is how to think towards your own professional development. Ultimately in school, we're taught you're going to be presented with a case. You create a question off of that case and you either perform diagnostics or find a resource to help you diagnose that disease. You repeat those steps until the diagnosis is reached. At that point, if you can treat it, you treat it. You follow up with your client and with the patient, and you move on to the next case. This is a very linear thought model. Sorry, very linear thought pattern. This means that we just go step by step by step, going backwards as we need to, until we finally go forwards and create a diagnosis. Excellent, excellent approach for medical cases. But... If you apply this to your career, it is absolutely killer. It kills individual growth. 
what it leads to is this whack-a-mole approach where you solve a problem or solve a case and you move on to the next one. And that syndrome, that whack-a-mole syndrome, I believe is the number one cause of burnout. True professional growth, in my opinion, should start at number one with the case. So when you get that case, you should consider everything that case could mean for you, your client, and your practice. So it shouldn't be, this is the case, let's diagnose and treat it. It should be, what's the economic impact on my client or on my practice? What are the incentives for the parties involved? What CE opportunities could better prepare me for a case like this? How can this case be prevented? Can I do some education for my client or not? And what are the educational opportunities for myself, for my client, or for my practice and my team within my practice? Can I develop a consulting service or other service based on this case or based on cases like this case? How could I train my team, my clients, or my client's team, or my practice um, team in the prevention, detection, or treatment of a case like this? How could you market services to address future cases like this, either in the prevention or treatment that would benefit your clinic? And this can go on and on and on. There should be a lots more questions about why or what or how can we use this case to develop our practice or ourselves. And those questions should extend way beyond what's the next diagnostic question or what's the next diagnostic test or what's the next reference I need to look at to diagnose this disease. And these can be looked at retrospectively. That doesn't mean that you ignore the case and you look at these other branches in the tree at once. But it is something that if you want to professionally develop is a great way to start approaching it. So that means that professional development would take one case and use it to stimulate you towards many different career development opportunities. So that linear thinking of taking the case and asking the question and then diagnosis or research is what is holding you back right now. And the flaws in that system continue on past veterinary school into the postgraduate CE education that we generally see. And in my opinion, you know, CE after veterinary school generally consists of conferences, uh, books, journals, even some webinars. And those models create great difficulty for veterinary professional development. It almost stymies the growth of veterinary professionals because they're generally very CE based, or excuse me, very scientific based CE. And that's the majority of them. So we already have professional training that's very heavy in medicine. And it is important to continue to keep up with research and new developments in the industry. But I believe that some of our earlier CE should really focus on the individual development of people and business education or individual development of business education, helping foster that professional development for our young veterinarians. So we start them out right and they continue those habits and routines through the rest of their career. I believe the second shortfalling of the current veterinary professional development system is this lecture, lecture setting versus the peer learning environment. So it's been proven over and over in studies that lecture decreases high order thinking. So what does that mean? It means that lecture basically kills critical thinking. It reinforces the memorization process within the brain, 
which actually then downregulates the critical thinking processes in the other section of the brain. It's also been proven that lecture actually has very poor retention in terms of information retained. So when we're sitting through a lecture series, the information we're taking back from it is almost never the complete picture, and we almost never remember everything that we learned from it. And there's no personalized learning. Since some people learn through pictures and interaction or peer-to-peer interaction, there's none of that. So overall, lecture in a CE or professional development setting leads to incomplete learning experiences for those involved. And this is where I believe peer learning and interacting together can really reinforce and help with veterinary professional development. And I'll talk more about that as the series goes on. Number three, I think there are limited opportunities for specialized training. Generally, those opportunities revolve around a CE conference. Um, I think ABP as an organization does an excellent job of providing pre-conference seminars and other opportunities that offer um, good specialized training. But most talks that we go to, especially scientific talks, are generally very generalized and they're an overview of topics with relatively basic results. Some talks have newer research, but where I struggle with that is these, these specialized trainings um, or the trainings where we do get some of that very new cutting-edge research and application are very limited. And in electronic age, there's no reason that we should be limited on these opportunities. Research like this that could impact the industry should be out to those that are practicing as soon as possible in the form of a webinar or uh, online conference and things like that. And finally, number four, um, we've created this culture in veterinary school of we learn to learn. There's no intentional learning. So generally speaking, people go to conferences to get CE so you can retain your license. There's no specific targeting of topics or specific networking opportunities that are made. So people are just going to learn and they attend talks and fill in the gaps to get those CE credits. But what we really need to do is foster an environment of why are you learning that? Can you go somewhere else and learn that fact or a fact that might be more pertinent to your strengths or where you want your professional development to go? And I think we need to foster that thinking of intentional learning versus learn to learn in veterinary medicine. So how do we foster professional development in veterinary medicine more actively? I think number one, we need to take time for intentional thought so we can think of what we want to develop or where we want to go. We really need to be intentional in our actions and have a plan and then work towards that plan, again, very intentionally. Number two, when we have a thought, we need to act on it. It's going to, no matter what, if you act on something, it's going to put you in a better spot than where you started. Whether you succeed or fail, you're going to learn something and achieve something and you can move on from there. So that's a good way to foster professional development. Number three, encourage the creative thought process within yourself and within your clinic. Foster your young veterinarians. Encourage them through um, encourage, basically encourage them through your actions, through your experiences. Be a clinic of continuous growth and learning. All of those things can really help foster young veterinarians to develop professionally. Number four, work with and collaborate with your peers, whether that's within your practice, across your state, or in across the nation. Use other people's experiences to help develop your practice and your professional development 
and use that as kind of a launching board to get to where you want to go. Number five, ask your clients what they want or need. Do surveys, phone calls, even ask at HerdCheck, hey, what could we do for you? What do you need? And perhaps that's something that you find that your practice is falling short and you could develop and that fosters your own professional development. Finally, number six, have a plan for your professional development. So when you're taking that time for intentional thought, create an intentional plan. Have an idea of, okay, I want this CE opportunity or this practitioner in this state does this technique I want to know how to do, so I'm going to go learn how to do that. Have an intentional plan. And I would like to round out these points with number seven, which I would argue is the most important point for fostering professional development in veterinary medicine. And that's share your experiences with others. Join a community. Join a listserv. Comment on people's questions. Bring your own questions to the discussion. Facilitate learning for everyone. And I would encourage you to join this discussion um, at the OTO community. You can join at otovets.com forward slash Facebook dash group. We'd love to have you join the professional development conversation at our forum. Otherwise, at the OTO events this fall in St. Louis, we're going to be hosting face-to-face peer mastermind groups centered around topics like we're talking about today. So, But it doesn't have to be those opportunities. Start your own local mastermind. Start your own local discussion within your state groups and help facilitate each other's professional development through the experiences you've all had and then shared. Personally, on, my in, on an individual level, I feel professional development requires you to commit to continued growth using the following steps. And I think you got to use these steps in continuity as new opportunities and thoughts arise. So as you work through these steps, developing your thoughts, you might go backwards and develop more. Or you might have a new opportunity come up and you're going to start that opportunity in these steps. But these steps encourage you to continually grow, and rather than work in a linear fashion, they encourage you to develop this intentional plan and then work on that as you progress in your career. So first of all, I think to develop professionally, you need to have a continual collection of knowledge and ideas. So you need to identify sources of knowledge and collect that knowledge from those sources. So for me personally, I use like Journal of Dairy Science. So I get their abstract collection every month and I'll collect the articles that I think are interesting and then I'll file them into a binder and when I get time I'll read those articles so I'm continually collecting knowledge also I have like my father sends me an email every day and it's some kind of motivational email or self-development email and I collect those articles and file them and keep them around so that when I need ideas or need to reference something I have that source of knowledge around. So again, collect knowledge continuously. File it, keep it somewhere where you can keep track of it so that you always have it in your records. After you've collected that knowledge, dedicate some time towards the consumption of that knowledge. So don't just collect it for the sake of collecting it. Don't buy books and put them on a shelf and not read them. Don't print articles and put them in a binder and not read them. Dedicate an hour to a day to consume that knowledge or to create ideas about that knowledge. 
Next, I would encourage you to think about the applications of that knowledge or idea. So if you come up with an idea while you're reading an article for a service or for a diagnostic or to change a protocol within your practice, think about how you could apply that. Think about how you can apply that knowledge and use it in a way that can benefit yourself or your practice, you personally or professionally, depending on what that source of knowledge is. So just think about applications for the knowledge that you've now consumed. After you think about those applications, develop some long and short-term plans to act upon those not that knowledge or the ideas that you've come up with. So plan for going forward how you're going to execute an idea or a piece of knowledge that can benefit your professional development. After you've created those plans, create strategic objectives along the way, either goals or checkpoints along the way of enacting those plans to set you in motion, to create progression of those plans, to keep you on track and keep you developing professionally. Without goals or some kind of way to, or something to work towards along the way, oftentimes we kind of fizzle out or lose momentum. But if you create goals or checkpoints or deadlines along the way for yourself, that can really help facilitate your professional development. While you're working on you know, these plans, collaborate with your peers, bring them in, help them redefine your plans or reshape them or problem check them. They can test plans out for you and give you feedback, but collaborate again, over and over again, share your ideas with others, get their thoughts, and together you can use multiple brains to conquer any kind of problem. Take action towards those plans. I'm gonna reinforce this again. When you set goals and checkpoints, Take action to work towards them every day, whether it's five minutes or an hour. Take a little bit of action every day, and as long as you keep your continual momentum going forward, your professional development plan will continue to move forward as well. Periodically, I'd also encourage you to reflect and evaluate your actions and the results from those actions. Without reflection, you can't be sure if you're moving forward, moving sideways, or making no progress at all. Reflection is one of the key aspects to professional development, and it can also help you from wasting a lot of time on a wayward journey or a wayward mission um, by identifying that long before others may have seen it. Finally, the last step I've got is continue, or continuation or redirection based upon that reflection. So if things are going well and you're doing very well and you think you're on the path you'd like for your professional development, then continue that plan. But if you don't see the end in sight or the mission, the objective at the end of the mission, then redirect, find a different activity or find a new piece of knowledge and work the plan again. Just keep redirecting and working. And again, like I said before, act on your professional development plan. No matter what, it's going to put you in a better spot than where you started. If you like this content and want more, join the Operators to Owners community. You can join our free Facebook group by going to otovets.com forward slash Facebook dash group. If you want to participate in our next face-to-face meeting, that's being held September 11th, 2019 in St. Louis. 
It'll be a mastermind session with a morning session dedicated to student development and an afternoon session dedicated to practitioners. Thanks for joining us today.